the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buttons happen. It's my big fat so, fingers, you know. Yeah, what are you going to do? But we're working all right now. We're Everything's working right now. We'll see how it goes throughout the show. <laughs> Don't touch anything, Ken. A lot of opportunity <laughs> to change that. That's right. <laughs> all right, so Ken asked me about the uh, new uh, XBB variant. Is that the one? XBB. I read about it this morning. Apparently, it's spreading pretty quickly in uh, Hong Kong. I, I see that it's spreading in Singapore. I didn't see any reports on Hong Kong yet. But, ah, uh, okay. The, the Minister of Health uh, for Singapore, you know, Singapore is an independent city-state, whatever you want to call it, country. And uh, they're actually one of the most affluent uh, little countries in the world. I think they're right up there with Luxembourg and some of the other uh, well-to-do little principalities, whatever you want to call them. At any rate, he said that uh, although it is spreading fast, and they're they're thinking fifteen thousand cases a day, up to twenty or twenty five thousand, uh, that it should peak in November and drop. And he said actually the number of hospitalizations have not gone up, and he credits uh, the the high vaccination rate uh, to that. Now here's the thing about it, Ken. It's an Omicron variant, and uh, what the health officials are saying is that. If you get the the uh, the new booster shot, that's the the bivalent. It has both the Omicron and the regular uh, COVID nineteen uh, juice in it. That you'll be better protected, and, and if you do get sick, you won't get as sick. And you know it'll cut down again on hospitalizations and death. I guess the main concern is the quote quote long COVID syndrome, uh, which. I guess it's real. I mean, you know, any virus can cause a a post uh, viral uh, syndrome. Uh, We see that with Guillain-Barre and other diseases that come after viral infections. So I guess it can do that. I haven't seen that really. Um, But uh, again, I'm I'm not the epicenter of, of COVID treatment in the world. So we have to trust to a certain extent our public health officials, uh, although I think that they had made some mistakes during the pandemic and some of them were intentional to try to get people to move in this direction or that. But regardless, uh, I think we've done fairly well for a virus that spreads this fast, Ken. I, I'm well, we did, we did very well when it comes to putting together a vaccine for it or at least yeah. Oh, yeah. something to there, stop the death, you know. There's no doubt about it. And uh, the... the uh, mRNA vaccines that uh, Pfizer and Moderna developed uh, are truly miraculous uh, in uh, technology, pharmacology, virology, genetics, just a a miraculous uh, uh, feat that they accomplished with that. So at any rate, Singapore said it's likely to peak in November. And um, I don't think we've had any cases reported here yet. But uh, the only two I've heard is uh, Singapore and Hong Kong. So. Well, Singapore is south and west of Hong Kong. It's on. It's the tip of the Malay Peninsula. So, China is 
sits on top of uh, Southeast Asia. You know, the the Indian subcontinent came up and crashed into Asia, and that's what makes makes the Himalaya mountains. Uh, um, now, I don't know if anybody was on the continent when it crashed in 50 or 100 million. <laughs> Probably ago. not, no. I don't think so, but you never know. <laughs> there might have been a couple of monkeys that were riding along. Could have been a dinosaur here. Yeah, there might have been. A, well, were they still around 50 million years ago? I think it's just about time they disappeared, wasn't it? I think 65 million years ago they disappeared, didn't yeah. they? Did they? Okay. Something like, well, isn't that when the, the Tanguska, whatever? The uh, comet or whatever it was hit, yeah. Yeah, the, that big piece of, big hunk of rock hit right in the Gulf of Mexico, too. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Not if you were there. <laughs> Not if you were there. <laughs> At the I'd time. Like from a distance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, way back, yeah. Well, I guess we could get Mr. Peabody's way back machine and go take a look. <laughs> Is he still? That was the you know that was the uh, genesis for the nuclear winter theory, was the oh, strike in the well, uh, by the comet. I, I don't know uh, how much uh, a nuclear winter is a reality. I guess if you had enough uh, nuclear explosions within a short period of time, you could kick up enough dust. It's it it's would, it's the uh, it's the fires that take place afterwards that really well, yeah. would do it. Yeah. Yeah, the fires and the smoke and the the dust and all that, and that would that would create a cloud cover that would cool the earth down, which might not be a bad thing since everybody's whining and complaining about how hot it is. There you go. There, there's your, there's your, there's the there's your cure for for climate change: (laughs) nuclear war. (laughs) So, speaking of vaccines, get the bivalent. We've got that at the office. If you want to get that, what's the number there? If they want to make an appointment. 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411, and uh, Ken, we've got uh, we've got the bivalent, and we have both the Moderna and the Pfizer. There's really no difference between them, but some people think, "Ooh, my God, I want I had Moderna, so I want Moderna. I had Pfizer, so I want Pfizer." That's yeah, a bunch of baloney. Any rate, get one of the vaccines, and. Uh, by the way, the Chinese are touting that they had 150 people in a study with an adenovirus-based vaccine. So what they do is they take an adenovirus, which is a cold virus that is uh, weakened, and so it doesn't uh, doesn't do any damage to, to human cells. And then they splice in the genetic material for the spike protein of the COVID. So then these little viruses enter your uh, your immune cells and stimulate them to make antibodies uh, to the COVID tail, COVID spike. Well, that's been around for a while, and the Chinese are touting it as if they've come up with something really unique and different because you can inhale these vaccines, these uh, adenovirus vaccines, so you don't have to give shots. And uh, of course, that's easier to administer, and you don't have to store it in a freezer and all that. You know, we've got that minus 80-degree freezer for the uh, the Pfizer. I don't know if we're making any money on that Pfizer vaccine or not. Hell, the electricity for that <laughs> probably more than what I get off of the vaccine shots. <laughs> but, you know, it's a service. It's a public, public service. That's right. You're saving lives. Public. Yeah, yeah. So, at any rate, this this uh, this uh adenovirus-based vaccine has actually been uh, around for a while for other things. And 
I don't know why the Chinese think that they're doing something super duper with it because they had 150 people in the study. We had 13,000 people in one of our studies a year or two ago. So mm. nanny, nanny, boo-boo. Yeah. Yeah. At any rate. And, oh, by the way, did you hear that the uh, the communist Chinese, CCP communist Chinese, Chinese Communist Party opened up their their um, annual uh meeting, convention, whatever you want to call it. And President Xi said he's going to take China to new highs and and uh, he's going to take back, he's going to get back Taiwan, even if he has to use force. And they're going to modernize their chip making industry. You know, they, they make lower end chips, but uh, most of their high end chips come from, as we've talked about this before, the United States, South Korea, uh, Europe, and I don't think Taiwan's selling them anything that uh, would would help them. Although Taiwan makes a lot of cheaper chips. But didn't the so, U.S. just ban any uh, sort of delivery of any equipment whatsoever to China yes, that, that would um, yes, we, we have banned, facilitate that? Uh, well, there there's a, there are certain chips that we will not allow to go. And, you know, surprisingly, Ken, some of these are the high-end video chips. We won't let them have those. Um they're harder to make, and uh, they have much more power. And then, of course, we have some top-secret ones that nobody knows about except for you and me. And we're not going to tell anybody either. So, no, keep it on a QT. Yeah. We keep it, yeah, keep it under wraps. But we make the majority of the high-end chips. We and uh, some of the European countries. I think the Netherlands and Germany. Um, and of course, Elon Musk. Who knows what he's making? <laughs> <laughs> you know. He's a- He's like a mad scientist somewhere. Yes, he's probably. I think he moved to Mars, didn't he? Or is he back? <laughs> he, he, I think he'd like to. Yeah, he yeah. sent a car up there anyway. So when he gets there, he'll yeah, have he's some wheels. Right around <laughs> <laughs> but he was going to halt his uh, his uh, Starlink internet service to the Ukraine. He sent some, I don't know, eight, seven or eight thousand nodes or something over there, and then put satellites above them. And uh, he wanted the United States government to take it over because it's costing him billions of dollars. And uh, and then he uh, then he decided, no, he's not going to do that. He'll keep funding it. So I guess somebody got to him. Maybe President Zelensky gave him a call and begged him, oh, please. I hadn't heard that part of it. I, I thought he was I, last I heard he had cut it off. So I didn't know he restored it. Yeah, he's decided he's not going to cut now it off. Now he can just do something about my cable. <laughs> yeah. I- <laughs> Keeps cutting out. If he, could, if he could give us, you know, live feed for half the price, I'm in. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Elon will do it. Elon's going to solve all our problems eventually. Yeah, and uh, so uh, what else is going on over in the Ukraine? Uh, France pledges to train 2,000 Ukrainian soldiers and offers air defense systems. I don't know how much they're going to offer. Uh, power's back on at the Zaporozhia nuclear plant. I'm sure that makes you feel good. I know it'll warm some homes in, in Ukraine. And uh, Russians are trying to help people get out of the, quote, quote, Russian portion of the Ukraine that they took over since the Ukrainians are taking it back. Are the Ukrainians going to think the Ukrainians are going to just keep on going through Crimea if they have to, if they can? I hope they do, yeah. and then I hope they turn around and march to Moscow. I might, <laughs> I might volunteer for that. Just right? keep on going right to the Red Square, huh? You know, that's what I said when we were when we went to Baghdad. I said, 
just make a left and march to Damascus and then, uh, and then you know, march to Beirut and just, just clean, clean it out. Just right. Clean the whole corridor. You got all your equipment there. So No, we weenied out again. Why do we weenie out? I don't everything? know why we do that. But we, we do it every time. We did it in Iraq. We did it in Afghanistan. Oh, Vietnam, Korea, <laughs> both. I, and, yeah, Korea, we weenied out. Um, I don't know. But uh, we just don't have the right stuff anymore, maybe, huh? You know where we did not weenie out? Where was it? Canada. They just beat us. <laughs> they beat they beat us in the Revolutionary War and in the War of eighteen twelve. They pushed us back. <laughs> That's why we don't mess with the Canadians anymore. I'm a, I'm afraid of those people. That's right. They're mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always dark and cold there. They're, they're upset. Oh, I know. Now, it's actually pretty that, nice in Canada this time of year. Oh, yeah. Hey, by the way, we're going up to Knoxville, uh, not this coming Wednesday, but a week from Wednesday. I think the 26th, we're going to go up there. Zeke, my son, moved up there to uh, take a job with uh, Tom Bross. I think it's Tom Bross Advertising Agency. Getting paid more money. Got a big, fat moving allowance. Big, fat for him. Ten grand, not bad. Not bad to move, yeah. And uh, Nice town. So- I've been there. It's a pretty city. Yeah, it's a nice city, and they've got, uh, what, the uh, Eastern Tennessee, the university is there, which is growing, and uh, you're right in the foothills of the Appalachians, so we're going to go take tours and see the leaves changing, maybe do a horseback ride and take the boy out for dinner and uh, just have a good time. A lot of huge, beautiful lakes around there, too. Oh, yeah, that's a gorgeous area, and that's where the Tennessee Valley Authority basically started was in uh, northeastern Tennessee. Did you know that? The TVA the TVA was a government project uh, started in the late 20s, early 30s, uh, and it was uh, a way of impounding water with dams and then put hydroelectric generators uh, beside the dams, and then you'd funnel the water through that, turn the wheels on the generator, and make electricity. Because a lot of the southeast didn't have electricity, Ken. Did not have electricity. When my mother was born, she didn't have electricity in the 19, 10, 20 era. Some of those folks up in the hills, no, never. No. Yeah. You know, they lived out in rural southeast Ohio. And uh, that, that little area, Kentucky, West Virginia, Virginia, southeastern Ohio, uh, Tennessee, the, the Carolinas, that little that little coal mining tobacco uh, growing uh, truck farming area there that you could draw a circle around that and uh, and you would have an area that really didn't have any uh, modern amenities until the 1940s so it was uh, wasn't that Roosevelt's New Deal that kind of built most of, most of that stuff well actually most of what Roosevelt instituted uh, Herbert Hoover had already drawn up. But Hoover was not a politician. You know, he was probably our only president who had never run for office, uh, who was elected president. He was he was a career bureaucrat, and he had been over several departments. And he was a, I think he was a, an engineer by trade, by training. And he was a really smart guy and a really good guy. But he didn't know how to uh, get people to go along with him, especially after the crash. You know, the Democrats saw that as an opportunity to boot the Republicans out. And so instead of, uh, you know, throwing them some uh, tidbits, he uh, he tried to just talk them into, you know, so he'd call in the industry leaders and he'd say, can't you just please keep 
your production of cars up and and uh, so people have a job and you know the heads of gm and ford are like what are we going to do with <laughs> we can't <laughs> buy materials if we're not making money how are we going to do this so he he was not uh street savvy like uh fdr was he also didn't believe in interference from the government in, in the banking or anything else. If he, he was very much a let the chips fall where they may as far as business was concerned. That, but that wasn't necessarily him, Ken. That was the prevailing economic uh, theory of the time. And so the banks uh, and the central bank, they didn't know. They didn't know what to do. So instead of loosening up money to, to kind of give the, the, the uh, economy an infusion, you know, money's the blood of the economy. That's mm-hmm. what flows the veins of the economy and the arteries of the economy, uh, they tightened up interest rates and they shut down loans. And basically that was worldwide. That wasn't just the United States. So uh, we, we can't say that any one person was responsible for the Great Depression in the 1920s and 30s. Uh, but what we can say is that the economic policies of the time certainly took a, a, a minor recession and, and turned it into a worldwide depression. So. And we've learned a lot since then. And then, you know, you can say, well, we've got rampant inflation because of all the money that was pumped out by first uh, Trump and, and even more so by the Democrats in power now. But but uh, it has kept people in jobs and it has kept people from being on the street and starving. So uh, now we need to tighten up and, and rein back. Uh, you know, a lot of the money that's been allocated by both the Trump and the uh, Biden regimes has not even been spent. It's sitting there on the sidelines. Well, let's get it back in action, then. Let's put it towards the debt. Well, well, yeah, absolutely. And we could put a little bit into uh, trying to screen for these these teenagers that are going out and mass murdering people. Uh, Did you see this kid in Raleigh? I have not heard about the Raleigh one yet, no. 15-year-old, a 15-year-old. He killed five and, and wounded two, and it was in his neighborhood. and killed his own brother. Did Man. you know that? No, I did not. Killed his own, killed his own brother, and uh, he's he's uh, in critical condition because I think he ran and hid, and the police caught up with him and had a shootout. I, mm. I don't know the whole details because they haven't released it yet, but he apparently is in the hospital, and if he survives, um, they plan on uh, prosecuting him as an adult. Well, good. So, and that guy, did I catch a serial killer out in California? Did I hear something about that yesterday? They did. They yeah. caught that. What's that? Roaming around with his gun looking for somebody to kill. Yeah. <laughs> he was on a hunt. He was on the hunt. And I don't know how they got him, but I guess they had, uh, they had uh, uh, preliminarily ID'd him and they must have been tailing him and they caught him when he was out with his, with his little pistol and he was going to do in some more folks. Yeah. And then did you see these these videos of of these random attacks on people in New York City on the subway in the Taco Bell? This guy's in a wheelchair in Taco Bell and some guy comes in from behind and just starts stabbing him. What is going on, Doc? Well, either the guy's crazy or he wanted the other guy's Taco Bell uh <laughs> taco and but we're probably going with the first theory. I think we should go with the first one, yeah. Yeah, I think the first theory, because you know what? A Taco Bell is not worth killing over. It's just not worth it. <laughs> Meanwhile, back but in But I'm hearing more stabbings lately, too. This is all very weird. 
I'm sorry, say that again. I'm hearing about more stabbings as well. Yeah, yes, in New York City, stabbings. And uh, there's a video. Uh, this woman's walking down the street, and this guy pulls out a pair of scissors and stabs her in the head on, on the street in New York City in broad daylight. We got to do something about this, Ken. Why don't we put some of this money that we're allocating for rebuilding the left wing of the Democratic Party into housing some of these crazy people and getting them some treatment? Probably a good idea at this point. They seem to be everywhere now. It's too rational, you know. If it's irrational, the Democrats are going to look at it. Oh, by the way, so I I told you my neighbor across the street part-time, he's uh, in Michigan and then down here for about a half to a third of the year, third to a half of the year or whatever. And he is the uh, one of the uh, political liaisons for GM. So he's worked with GM. He's worked in their real estate department. He's worked in different departments in GM. And now he's... He's the guy that goes out and meets the state and local officials uh, when GM's going to put a new plant in or they want to, you know, do something with the uh, with the, the local economy. And uh, and so we're talking electric cars. And he said, yeah, we're putting another several billion into an uh, electric battery plant in South Bend, Indiana. He said, I went and opened that up this week, you know, did the, the front PR work. And we're, we're swapping notes. And he said, how do you like your electric car? I said, I love it. He said, what do you think? I said, there's no way electric cars are going to take over. He said, I agree with you. There's, they're too expensive, um, and there's not enough electricity to be generated. Uh, and so we were, we were talking about it. He said, you know, of course, I'm a company man, and so i got to go along with it. But I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you know, you're right. But uh, basically, they're, they're, they're really upscale golf carts. And um, I really love my car, but I wouldn't take it out of town. I mean, you, you if you run out of electricity, you, you can't even push them, Ken. They lock. The nope. wheels lock. Do they really? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. If you have the regenerative braking, you know, it's a magnetic uh, system that when you put on the brakes, uh, the magnets engage and there's a uh, uh, flow of electrons because there's some little copper wires in, in the and the wheel housings, and so on and so forth. So once you stop the damn thing, it won't go. I had no idea. Once you run out of juice. Well, then, Doc, I suggest you get the world's longest extension cord and put it I, in I the back of your truck. One that's extremely long, and um, I have multiple adapters, so I could actually sneak over and plug into one of the neighbors. Just, I was going to say, just <laughs> go next door about 2 in the morning. <laughs> yep. While nobody's looking. Exactly. And by, you know, 7 or 8 o'clock, you'll be charged. Get somewhere else. You know, but you're right. It's not going to work because of that. No, it's not going to work. And, and you know, the, the left has not thought this out. I mean, they have put the cart before the horse. We're going to have a mess. Uh, you're going to have all this demand for electric cars and electric vehicles, which is going to make Elon Musk extremely wealthy. But, you know, the real solution is going to be something like hydrogen fuel. Exactly. It's going to be hydrogen or fuel cells or something like that. Yeah, it'll have to be something like that. But that technology is going to take a little longer to develop. Where are you going to get the electricity? You can't make it from windmills and solar panels. You can't make enough. The only way to do it is nuclear. We could go nuclear, but how are you going to get the left-wing weenies and the press 
to uh, go along with that. You know, they stir up all kinds of hysteria. Well, they're getting really, they're getting closer now. Was it fission or fusion? Fusion is the one we're looking for. Fusion's what we're looking right. for. Right, and they're getting closer all the time. I mean, the temperatures and the numbers are talking about are astronomical as far as heat is yeah. concerned, things like that. But they are getting closer. Contain that is going to be the big problem. You know, you're going to have to have some kind of a containment field. And once you do that, once you develop some kind of a, an energy field to contain that, then you're going to have energy weapons. So, you know, then we could, like, wipe out Moscow without doing any damage anywhere else. You're absolutely right. We've never invented anything yet that we haven't turned into a weapon. And we have never invented a weapon that we haven't turned into something peacefully useful. It goes both ways. That's right. Yeah, it does. Dang. I know. Isn't that amazing? It is. How does that work? It, it is how they're married together sometimes, I think. I know. But, I, I mean, know. the space program is, uh, was driven by weapons development. We were, and, we were and, fighting and the look, Soviets. And look at all of the uh, innovations that have come from the space program. I mean, everything from... Uh, uh, travel to uh, uh, protective suits to fire hazard gear to, I mean, just a, the whole host of things that have been developed and have come out of the space program. Elon Musk. That's right. That. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I don't know how to convince people that nuclear is okay. Can people think that there's going to be these gazillion tons of nuclear waste that you're going to have to store somewhere? Do you know? You could hold the amount of, of uranium in your hand that was in the first nuclear bomb. Did you know? Oh that? yeah, it was very small. Yeah, I mean, it, it, think of lead. Okay, now what? How much does a shot put weigh? The Olympic shot put twenty five pounds. 20 Probably, pounds? but that's about the right size. Yeah, and 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 uranium is heavier than lead. So, a thirty five forty pound uh, sphere of uranium two thirty five would be about the size of a shot put. Yeah. So, I yeah, mean, it, it doesn't take much. You're, you're not going to be overwhelmed with radionuclear waste. And, and you know, the, the thing is, is you have to uh, dispose of the containment housing because there is radioactivity that gets into the concrete and this and that and the, the graphite rods or whatever kind of rods they use to moderate the reaction. But all that can actually be encased in glass. And you just drill down into bedrock and you drop it in there. And, uh, you know, in 2,000 years, if somebody is technologically advanced enough to go down and dig up the bedrock, well, they're probably technologically advanced enough to figure out that this is radioactive. That's right. They will have surpassed whatever we were using at that point. So, Yep. Hey, and, Doc, uh, it's, uh, it's about time here for a question. Time for a question. Time for a question. That's right. Oh, my God. Then we're going to head off to a little break. But we have a trivia question first. This is for um, two Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs. And the first person with the correct answer will win those mugs. Today's question, of course, question always deals with something we talked about in the first half of the show. And today it's the new Omicron variant that they're talking about over there in uh, Asia. It's affected two cities. Give me one of those cities' names, and you'll win. Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mug headed your way for the correct answer, 877-969-8600, 877-969-8600. That is the number to call. Give me one of the two cities over there in China being affected by the Omicron, new version of the Omicron variant. All right? All right, Doc. And, and the Malay Peninsula. And the Malay Peninsula, okay. All right. Okay, well, we'll be right back. 
Dr. Bill and Ken, we're having fun. Come back in a few minutes or don't go anywhere or whatever. We'll be here. That's right. We'll be here. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727 384 When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. The latest from AccuWeather at the top and bottom of the hour, only on AM860, The Answer. Today will be sunny and pleasant with a high 89. Tonight, clear skies and a low 71. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy with a thunderstorm in the afternoon. The high will be 83. Tuesday, a passing morning shower. Otherwise, clouds followed by brightening skies. The high will be 79. And on Wednesday, some clouds, then sunshine with a high 69. That's your Accurate the Forecast. I'm Garrett Beck for AM860, The Answer. Ever since I was a young boy, music filled my soul. And I'm back. This is Dr. Bill. Uh, we have a question out there, I think, Ken. Did you get any any response? We no? did. We got a winner, Doc. We got a winner. Who <laughs> we got? We have a winner from Clearwater. Phil Roth from Clearwater had the correct answer to today's trivia question. The question was, which one of two cities is the... Um, is the uh, new Omicron variant affecting right now? And he knew it was Singapore was one of them, and Hong Kong was the other that we were talking about earlier. So, now, did you say Bill or Phil? Phil. Uh, Phil. P-H-I-L? That's the guy. Phil. Phil. As, as in hey, Phil, Phil Collins, we, yes. We, we really appreciate you listening, Phil, and I'll get those out to you. I was a little tardy um, last week, but I finally got everything out. Um so hopefully everybody got their mugs. Now, if you don't get your mug, if something happens or if it's broken, call Ken and you. 
Yeah, they're very busy over there at the doctor's office. I got nothing to do, so give me a call. Yeah, I mean, you know, keep him uh, in in work. So at any rate, <laughs> we just heard on the news, that, and I, I've got this just about 30 minutes ago, Evan prison fire in, in Tehran, Iran, Iran, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, apparently, this is a, a detention center prison for political prisoners, and I guess they're locking up all the women that are that are protesting over there. You you heard about the uh, Kurdish Iranian woman that was uh, arrested for not wearing her whatever hijab right or whatever you call it. And yeah, she died in prison, and now they're rioting all over the country. So. Uh, I, we don't know. Uh, the, the officials say that it was unrelated to any of the political prisoners, and it was another wing of the uh, prison that there was a riot in and that started the fire. But I guess there are people from all over Tehran that are surrounding that, watching it go up. Probably better than the Fourth of July, but you got to feel bad for the political prisoners inside. Oh, here. certainly, yeah. Well, that's not that's not a good thing, but Iran's going to tear itself apart eventually. Well, they should know better than to mess with the women. You don't mess with the women. No, don't mess with the women. That's don't right. get upset. Yeah, oh my God! Well, <clears throat> so Polit- uh, politicians here know that. So yes, yes, they do. So now I got this uh, editorial editorial by Jonathan Chang, and he says that Xi Jinping's end game is uh, China prepared for conflict with the U.S. I guess they think we're going to go over there and invade them. Isn't that what the Russians thought too? The Soviets they thought we were going to try and take them over. Yeah, I, I don't know why they thought that, but the, they, they use that for their internal motivation. Well, I, guess, I guess when Patton was saying, let's just keep going. To well, Moscow, that was one guy, him, him and MacArthur. They, they kind of, I guess they kind of got everybody worried over there in the, uh, in the communist world. <clears throat> no, nah, they have, they just like to build their stuff, their military operations, just like we do. And they need somebody, they need an enemy and we were, the, we were theirs. Yeah, and xenophobia is a great way to uh, get people to stick together. But it doesn't seem to be working with the Ukrainian war. You know, they tried to make it sound like the Ukrainians were a bunch of Nazi fascists who were going to take over Russia. I'm thinking, wait a minute. <laughs> How does that work? How does a country one-tenth the size of Russia take over? But <clears throat> who knows? you got to have an enemy. you got to have a reason to go. And who wants all that real estate? I mean, who wants all that frozen tundra? You can have it, dude. We got plenty. Yeah, we've we got, got we grow plenty of wheat here. We don't need anybody else's. And land. we've got Alaska. If we want frozen tundra, we can take a vacation up to northern Canada. Exactly. <laughs> we've got Alaska. So, I mean, we got all the frozen tundra we need. We got plenty. We don't need any more. And so, President Chi, we are not interested in taking you over. We just want to make sure you don't take us over. <laughs> That's, That's right. We just want you to play by the international rules, that's all. I don't know if he knows how to spell international, does he? Is that, he does, does when somebody's word? breaking them. <laughs> do, they, <laughs> do they have that word in Mandarin? I don't know. <laughs> so he wants to restore China to what he believes is its rightful place as a global global player and a peer of the U.S., Dude, you're going to have to really change your ways if you're going to get up to our level. And by the way, we have to change our ways or we're going to sink to their level. Well, both are starting to drown in debt, I'm afraid. Well, what are you going to do? Stop spending money like a drunken sailor, as they say. Wait a minute. You're telling me I can't spend? You can spend all you want. 
talking about tax I'm talking about tax money, Doc. You can spend all you want. <laughs> oh, I can't. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, she she won't let me. You know, the oh, little Korean. That's a whole oh, different. That's a whole different leader. That's a whole. Yeah, that's the the, the queen of uh, South Korea is now living <laughs> in my house. <laughs> now, now living in St. Pete. <laughs> she is now living in St. Pete, and she's ruling over poor little Billy Handelman. Oh my! She's always been very nice to me. Yeah, because you're not you're not under her thumb yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm bringing money in whenever I'm there. That's right. Yeah. 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 Well, see, I don't bring in money. <laughs> you're the other end, right? <laughs> I'm spending her money, money that somehow me pulling the cart. You know, I tell patients all the time. They say, oh, oh, Doc, what about my insurance? And I say, look, I'm just the jackass that pulls her cart. You go talk to her. She's in, <laughs> she's in charge of the money. <laughs> I'm just the donkey here. I'm the donkey boy. I'm just curious. She's the one that deals with the insurance. Yeah, I, yeah, I just go back there and, and shovel the, the doo-doo. So you're the hero. Yeah, well, she, uh, well, she thinks she's a hero. Let's let her think that. All right, sure. Whatever, Whatever makes you happy. Whatever, yeah, whatever you know. keeps peace in the house. That's right. So I had an interesting patient this week. Uh, one of the intensivists, uh, Dr. Lanza, he uh, asked me if I'd see a patient for him. So this woman had a stroke, uh, an older woman, and uh, she has contractures of her right arm, and I mean of her left arm and her left hand. Contractures are when you no longer have innervation of those muscles, and so they're not used. And what the muscles will do is they will gradually contract down and, and become uh, useless and atrophied and fill in with scar tissue. And so nobody can clip her nails, and her nails have dug into her hand, mm. the palm of her hand, and she's got an infection in her hand. So he wanted to see if there was anything I could suggest. I'm not quite sure what I could do, but at uh, any rate, so I went to see her, and uh I think we're going to have to have the orthopedic surgeon uh, do do a procedure where they actually release the tendons uh, that go to the hands and the fingers so that those fingers can be opened up and uh, we can treat the infection and get our nails cut. However, it did bring up the, the discussion of strokes. And uh, so I wanted to touch on that for a minute or two because this is still a big deal, Ken. This is still one of the major problems uh, medical problems that we see in adults, uh, heart attacks and strokes, even though we hear a lot about COVID deaths and, and uh, uh, you know, HIV and monkeypox and all that, th- those are still pretty, pretty minor things compared to this. My mom died have... of a stroke, so I'm very familiar with the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And there seems to be a genetic component too, buddy boy. Oh, thank you. Your Velcro. <laughs> that way it'll stick. <laughs> So uh, what are some of the signs and symptoms of a stroke, and what can we do to prevent it? Well, you can have a loss of, uh, of a function of one side of your body or of a limb. Uh, uh, you can have complete loss of function below your neck. You can have uh, sensory defects like blindness or loss of hearing or taste or smell uh, on one side, uh, visual field defects, double vision Difficulty talking, slurred speech, facial droop, problems walking, uh, being dizzy for no reason, being unable to speak completely, and a change in your level of consciousness. And uh, so how do we work up a stroke? Well, nowadays we use imaging and we have for ischemic, which means 
lack of blood to the to the part of the brain that is having the stroke, uh, we we know now that those are caused by either clots that come from the heart or from somewhere else in the in the upper vascular system, or a local event where there's a clot that forms right there inside the artery because of high blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes, cigarette smoking. Excuse me. Are you, are you said something about cigarettes. Something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I heard about that. I hear it's not good for all kinds of stuff. No, it's bad for you. I know. I got to stop down because I'm I'm concerned about you. I know. Well, you're I'm I'm coming in a couple of weeks to do some whole blood work and all kind of stuff. So we'll see all where right, I I'll am. Some so, more then. So let's wait so, to see how the blood work comes out. Yeah. yeah. What we do now for for these ischemic strokes, if we get you early enough, is we'll do a CAT scan of your brain and make sure you don't have a bleed inside your head. And if you don't, we can give you some clot busting medicine. You know, the medications that will break down the blood clot and. Uh, that actually helps a lot of people. As you get older, it's more dangerous, though, Ken, because when you get into your late 70s and, and 80s, uh, you have more of a propensity to have a bleed inside your head if you if you have uh, this clot-busting medicine shot into you. So it's a little bit of a crap roll, and uh, that's how we diagnose it, diagnose it. And then, of course, later on, we can do an MRI, but that takes more time. So when we're, when we're, when we're in the acute phase, we want to know if you've had a bleed because a bleeding stroke is treated differently than an ischemic stroke. And then we can also do imaging later on, like MRI, uh, carotid duplex scanning, CAT scans of your, uh, your brain arteries and your neck arteries, uh, ultrasound of your heart, echocardiogram, look for clots there. And we do some blood work, of course. And uh, so the management is to, of course, support the patient, uh, try to break up the clot if we can, uh, get you into the hospital, um, control your blood pressure and your cholesterol and your blood sugar. And I cannot stress the importance of the statins, you know, the uh, Simvastat and Rosuvastatin. A lot of people think these things are, are scary and dangerous and that they will take away your memory and, and interfere with your liver functions and all that. And, and that's 99.9999% poo-poo, not true. <laughs> So we got to take care of you and treat all of your other problems. Uh, and uh, we want to change your lifestyle too, Ken. Now, you may not believe in lifestyle change, but I do. You mean exercising and walking around and stuff like that? Stuff like that and taking your medications and not arguing with me when I say, you need to be on blood pressure medicine. I don't feel bad, doctor. I don't. <laughs> I, don't. Feel I feel fine. I feel fine. I feel good. Give me another cigarette. Give me another beer. <laughs> you feel but, fine until uh, you don't, I guess. Until you don't. But, you know, come on. It's it, uh, How many times have we said this on TV and in shows and everywhere else that you don't feel high blood pressure until it's too late? Then all of a sudden you got a stroke. Well, we got my blood pressure back to some normal, so that was good. We are working on your blood pressure and your cholesterol. So we want you to take your blood pressure medicine, take your statins, and get that cholesterol down. We know more and more we know how important it is to get that bad cholesterol down in all kinds of vascular problems, strokes, heart attacks, peripheral vascular disease, and, of course, exercise. And as we've talked about before, 30 minutes of aerobic activity every day will add four to five years onto your life. Cut down on your risk of getting type 2 diabetes, strokes, and everything else. What's 30 and minutes a week get me? 30 minutes a day. Oh, man, a day? I don't have 30 minutes a day, Doc. <laughs> you know, if you 
counted all the time you spent smoking, and you cut that out, you'd have 30 minutes. You know, you're probably right. <laughs> yeah. And you can't argue with that, Ken. Maybe even more, yeah. So, and well, let me ask you a question, Doc. Now, if you're sitting across the table with somebody having a stroke, and you and I know I've seen all the commercials and all that, you got to act fast. Stroke is something you got to act fast with if you want to have some good results at the end, apparently. So how do you know somebody across from you might be having a stroke if they can't tell you they're having a stroke? You know what I mean? You're, you're sitting there with the wife, and all of a sudden... She quits talking? No, that probably doesn't happen. talk anymore? <laughs> that would okay, be... First, you have to determine if it's a miracle or if it's actually <laughs> a stroke. <laughs> now, I'm going to assume that there's not many miracles that really happen, although the born-again Christians will argue with me on that. Um, but so we'll assume it's a stroke. So if your wife is talking to you and all of a sudden she becomes aphasic, which is the big term for she can't talk, um, she's probably having a stroke. So you want to get her to the hospital. If she has a facial droop, if she loses the use of one of her limbs or the whole side of her body, or if she has a, a one-sided visual blindness or spots in front of her eyes acutely that uh, weren't there before. Those can be little uh, clots flicking off and going into the uh, the artery that goes to the eye and causing problems there. Or you can have the anterior cerebral artery blocked off, which will interfere with a whole bunch of stuff up there in the front of the head. Uh, the middle cerebral artery is more common because it's a bigger artery, so uh, it's a direct shot, and that's usually what causes the uh, the, the paraplegia, you know, the quadriplegia, the, the 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 side of the body that doesn't work anymore, or the arm and the hand that are not working and contracted. And uh, oh, by the way, I got to tell you, you know, this lady I was talking to you about doing the fingernails. I got to tell you, this this cracked me up. I love this. She's still smoking, by the way. <laughs> and, and so I'm reading the old notes because you know, if you're a good doctor, you're supposed to read some of the old notes. And there was one ER note, and the note was titled, Escaped from the Emergency Room. <laughs> so she bolted from the emergency room <laughs> in a previous visit. And uh, I guess she wanted to have a cigarette, so. Well, you know, I know the feeling. You know the feeling, buddy. Yeah. Uh, so what are you going to do? I mean, how do you how do you convince people to change their ways? It's uh, not easy. Especially when you're dealing with something as addictive as tobacco. Right. It's chemical addiction. So I'm a sick person. I need some sort of federal funding. You do. And I, I think I have some for you. Uh, of course, the office says it will cost you $500 for me to help you get $250 of federal funding. <laughs> uh, yeah. All smokers should now be somehow federally funded. It makes sense to me. Um, as long as we try I mean, to quit while we're quitting. Yeah. You know, the other big addiction, and this one there's really not much you can do about, is food. Uh, this has become a real crisis in our country, uh, and uh, it, it's just amazing to me. I mean, the, the amount of obesity, it's its really, it's just out of control, Ken. And, but how do, you, how do you manage or get somebody to manage their own food intake or lack of food intake or whatever? I is mean, that fast food? Even, is it fast food doing that? Oh, I think uh, it's a number of factors. Uh, I think affluence in general allows you to eat more and have more. And uh, when my wife was growing up in Korea, if they saw somebody that was fat, they immediately assumed that, that they were well-to-do, that they had money, because they could eat more. Sure. They could get more food. 
And the, uh, you know, the, uh, the the Korean greeting, the hello, Anyo Haseo, actually, uh, it, it initially uh, translated to, did you eat yet today? <laughs> really? Yeah. And that's how, you know, that's how, uh, that's how bad it was at different points in, in Korea. So I think affluence is, is a big part of this, too. So we're too rich. Yeah, we. I mean, we we have too much and too much free time and uh, too much food. Well, I argue the other way. Say, I think we're too busy. We don't have enough free time. That's why we don't cook those dinners because that takes time. Every night, you know. I I, I used to do that for the family. I know it takes time. I know it takes time, and uh, but my mother, she was a doctor and she was busy, and so a lot of times we just get some canned peas and a hot dog, and. Uh, I guess it's pretty much the same as French fries, and and now just, you're just yeah, now you're just running out for fries and burgers, yeah. Well, and not only that, I'm not running out for fries and burgers, uh, but uh, I don't know that things have changed all that much in terms of our habits, other than as you said, fast food is more readily available; it's on every corner. So, and you get an urge, and the brain is set up so that. Uh, if there's food available, you think I better eat because I may not have a chance. The food might not be there later. That's that's just innate in our genetics and our DNA because of uh, the way that we evolved as hunter-gatherers. And so you didn't know if you were going to make a kill or not. <clears throat> and then as we went to to more farming, of course, that changed uh, the way we we uh, socialize. It changed our our politics and our governmental ways it changed how we banded together and in, in, in tribes and uh, it also changed the way that we ate because we started growing our own food and then we domesticated animals and you know it went on and on from there so now it's fairly easy to go out and kill a cow and eat a steak and get you some fries and uh, you know mash up some potatoes and you're on your way again to wherever it was you were going yeah so you know it's it's a, we don't, right, my, so, I know in my house, we don't make the mashed potatoes anymore. We buy a box full of mashed potatoes and heat them up. There you go. So I'm not sure if that's lazy or just, <laughs> I'm not sure why we do it, but that is just because of convenience, I guess. We're, it's modern convenience. Yeah. I mean, think of people 5,000 years ago when they started farming and they said, dang, hey, you can go down to Joe's place and he'll grind you up some of those little seeds and you can cook it into, into the stuff they call bread. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, sure, why not? Uh, it's easier than going out and and picking fruit and uh, looking for, you know, digging up roots and stuff in the forest. So I, I don't think anything has changed with human nature. It's just the technology has gotten better and faster and more prevalent. Because overall, I prefer the freshly barbecued burger over any fast food restaurant. Yeah. It just tastes better. You know, so I don't eat meat, so ah. I wouldn't know. Kimchi. Lots of kimchi at your house. Oh, kimchi, rice. I love that. And you know what I'm going to have this morning when I get done is uh, the wife makes me uh, an egg omelet with kimchi in it. No that kidding. Is that is tasty. I love that. Right. And she was amazed that when I started eating kimchi, I would make sandwiches with kimchi on it. She's like, what are you doing? We don't eat that way in South Korea. I said, baby. You ain't in South Korea. Ain't <laughs> well, they don't put artichokes on pizza in Italy either, so you know. I know, and uh, do they put pineapple on it? I don't, I don't think, think so either. Pineapple. I think that yeah, I think that gets you shot in Italy. That probably so. 
Well, this just came across my desk. Uh, thousands of soldiers and veterans are slapped with misleading criminal records. Apparently, uh, back in the Iraq War era, uh, the Army and the Navy or whoever, they were recruiting uh, people to uh, recruit other people to come in and, and join the military, and it was fairly successful. I guess they got 150,000 new recruits for the uh, the Iraq War back in the 2000s, and so it's like something like 24,000, 2,500 uh, soldiers uh, were recruited to do this, and they were paid a fee for anybody that they got to boot camp. So they got a couple of grand for doing it, and there was a little bonus, and uh, apparently there was one company that was uh, funding this and, and, and ramping this up with money from the U.S. government. And so the, uh, the, the government now is looking back and saying, wait a minute, uh, this was an unfair practice because the company that you hired, there were no competitive bids. And according to the federal laws, you have to have competitive bids when you put out a, co uh, a government contract um, for something like this. So now they're saying that all these guys were acting criminally. And <laughs> these guys are having this pop up on their records. They're losing their jobs, their pensions and everything. And I don't know how this came about, but uh, this this is uh, this is a bad situation for the uh, for the uh, soldiers that were involved in this, and they didn't do anything wrong. They were just doing what the what the computer snafu or something. Uh, no, it was that it, the company that was setting it up that there were not competitive bids. Oh, the, okay, all right. So now they're saying the uh, that this was criminal. So they got the criminal investigation division, and they've got some federal. Uh, branch that uh, looks at the how things are contracted and whether it's fair or not, and uh, it, it's really uh, uh, going to be a mess for these guys. Uh, they can't get bank loans. They can't get weapons permits. They doesn't. They haven't done anything wrong, Ken. They're just guys uh, that got paid a little extra to do some recruiting. All right, buddy. Well, that's it for me. Let's uh, give a little pitch there for the old. Medical practice, I'm Dr. Bill. I'm at 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. And uh, by the way, we are at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, and you can also have a telemedicine visit with us. So come on in, Ken. Well, I'll be there in a couple of weeks, Doc. <laughs> All right, I'm looking forward to it. I love you guys. Thanks for being with us this morning. Say bye-bye, Doc. Bye-bye, Doc. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Can Care Clinic. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.